Is there anything more grievous than taking the life of an innocent child? Not in my opinion. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett. You are listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. This is episode two, America on the Fast Track to Legalizing Post-Birth Abortion. And I don't know why we even call it abortion when it's just murder, because abortion is when you take something out of, right? You're aborting a fetus from a womb. Well, the baby's been born, so it's just murder of an innocent life. So this is a difficult topic. And for me, uh, it seems to be one of the biggest issues that we are facing as Americans, as humanity, and it is deeply grievous. It's heartbreaking every time I hear about the laws that are being passed and the abortions that are being done, the killing of these innocent lives. It just makes me literally sick to my stomach. I want to take you back in my history a little bit because I haven't always been pro-life. When I was 20, I dropped out of my Lutheran college and I met a a man. Uh, he was actually seven years older than me. I met a man um, on summer break and we decided to move from Seattle to the beach in Southern California and live the beach life. He was going to surf and um, it was just going to be great. We were going to be young and living it up. Well, about two weeks after we arrived in California, I started feeling really sick and this went on for about a week. And finally, he said, you know, I think it's time for you to go to the doctor. And so we went to this walk-in clinic in Huntington Beach and the doctor, you know, was asking what I thought was wrong and what my symptoms were. And I said, I really think that I probably just have an ear infection. And my boyfriend said, I think she's pregnant and I think you should give her a pregnancy test. And so I went ahead and obliged and did the pregnancy test and the doctor came back in the room and said, well, he is right. You're pregnant. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. (laughs) I grew up in a Lutheran family and, um, I was very much the perfect child. I very much wanted to please my parents and this would definitely not please them. I mean, it was bad enough that I had dropped out of college and moved off to Southern California with my new boyfriend. (laughs) to let them know I was pregnant was not going to go over very well. So I demanded that uh, they do a blood test because it couldn't be possible that I was pregnant. Well, the blood test, this is back in 1995. And so it took, I don't know, it seemed like it was three days, which seemed like forever um, to get the results. And they called me and sure enough, I was pregnant. I didn't even know what to do. I knew I was not ready to be a mom. My boyfriend definitely did not want us to have this baby. And we'd only been together like a couple of months. So, you know, and when you're 20, you know, that's how long does a relationship last when you're 20? I mean, usually you don't end up getting married. At least that's what I thought. (laughs) And so we talked about what are the options. And I thought about adoption and I thought I, there's no way I can live with somebody else raising my knowing that I have a a biological child out there that somebody else is raising. I just, I didn't think I could live with that. And he really wanted me to get an abortion. So I said, okay. And I just, as you know, the abortion was a few days out, the appointment that we had scheduled was a few days out. And I just, as I kept thinking about going through with this, I couldn't live with myself 
and I couldn't imagine myself doing this. And, you know, all the while I'm, you know, thinking about this child inside of my body that's that's developing. So we canceled that abortion appointment a couple hours before it was supposed to happen. I told my boyfriend, you know, I can't go through with this and I understand this is not what you're signing up for. And if you want to walk away, that's totally fine. I will, no hard feelings, you can walk away, but I can't do this. And he decided that he was in and that we were gonna do this. And so we stayed together until our daughter was a little over a year old. I had my first child in May of 1996. She will be 26 in just a few weeks. And I can't imagine my life without her in it. And she is so perfect and so precious. And I see in her such a purpose that God had has for her life. And even after I had my child, I was pro-choice because I thought, I was so grateful that I had a choice of what to do with my child. So for many years, I was pro-choice. And then in 2014, I got saved for real. I mean, I grew up in Lutheran church, but I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a Christian and I really didn't believe the things that my parents believed. I got saved in 2014 and I started reading the Bible (laughs) and seeing what God had to say about human life and what the Bible says about human life did not align with my worldview of human life. And so I very much became pro-life, very much pro-life. One, I do want to say, I know that there are women who have had abortions and maybe regret that. And I just want to say that, you know, God's grace covers all of that and you can ask for forgiveness and God washes that clean and you do not have to live with that guilt. Um, So I do want to say that what we've been seeing over the last, gosh, since, since I had my child, um, you know, over, over two decades ago, every year, it seems like abortion rights, uh, they call them reproductive rights are, are, you know, getting uh, greater and greater. And we're, we're taking more rights away from the unborn and giving more rights to pregnant women, pregnant persons. <laughs> in many state laws, they have actually taken out the word women and put in person or individual, because as you know, we don't have, uh, anyone can have a baby, anyone can get pregnant. But we have, um, I had yesterday after I did my first podcast, I had a couple friends listen to it and a couple of different people both um, messaged me and said, hey, could you talk about um, what's going on right now in our country with abortion? Because it's really bad. And so that is why I'm doing this particular topic today. Um, If you follow Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel in California, he is very good at bringing political issues in front of his church so that they can act. And he brought up this bill that California has going on right now. He brought this bill up to his church on Wednesday night. It is AB 2223, and this will all be in the show notes. But what this bill does is it allows for abortions to, it allows for you to kill an infant days to weeks after birth. 
I'm going to read you just um, a a little snippet of the bill. And and like I said, it's going to be in the show notes. So you can go back and read this whole bill yourself, which I, I highly recommend. It's easy to look at, you know, sort of bullet points that we get fed by different media, but I encourage you to go in and read these bills for yourself. So you can actually see how, I can't think of a more eloquent word, but how disgusting this stuff is. And this particular bill says a critical part of realizing reproductive justice for people in California is clarifying that there shall be no civil or criminal penalties for people's actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome. So basically they're saying that you can do whatever you want with your baby, your pregnancy outcome, and there's going to be no penalty no civil penalty, no criminal penalty. And so this is moving through the California state legislature right now. And Pastor Jack was raising awareness to his church and asking people to take action and email their state legislators in opposition to this bill, which is so important. Earlier this week in Washington, D.C., perhaps you've seen this, there was a group called Live Action that discovered Um, aborted babies at an abortion clinic in DC. There was a medical waste person uh, service provider that was carrying out these boxes of of human waste. And these uh, people from live action asked if they could have the box and see what was in the box. And he gave them one of the boxes and they found these babies that had been aborted in the late second, early third trimesters. I'll have a link to this article so you can go read it for yourself. I will advise you, it's very graphic. Um, It's very disturbing. It's gut-wrenching to me to think that there are people so evil that can actually do this and and it doesn't weigh on their conscience. But these children had been removed from the womb. They had been dismembered. They had been, one of the babies had had her brain removed, had had her skull cut open and had her brain removed. And one of, um, I was reading this morning, there's a reporter from Daily Wire, and I don't have a link to this in the show notes because it's behind the paywall. So unless you're a Daily Wire subscriber, you won't be able to read it. But uh, this Daily Wire reporter had gone to this particular abortion clinic in Washington, D.C. to investigate this and to ask some questions. And she, while she was there, she encountered a woman who was out in the hallway. She was in her second trimester. She was visibly pregnant and she was currently having an abortion because what happened was they put these, um, these things in her cervix to dilate her cervix so that they would be able to go in and do the, the extraction called a dilation and extraction. It wasn't working and she was having contractions. And so they sent her, basically they sent her into the hallway to wait until she was contracting enough that I guess they could perform the actual abortion. And it was just reading it was so disturbing. And, you know, you, you kind of hear these stories or read these stories and it's very surreal because it doesn't seem possible that there are people that that can do this and and on such a a large scale but there are and this particular case in dc there are 
several Republican representatives. There are many uh, pro-life groups who have been calling for an investigation into this. They're calling for Mayor Bowser to do an investigation into this clinic and find out what happened to you know these babies and if this was all legal because you can't you can't abort a baby and then kill it according to Washington DC laws at least that is my understanding but uh, Mayor Bowser has no interest in pursuing an investigation into this the Democrats in Congress have no interest in pursuing this and it's not really a surprise because we do have such a pro-abortion country right now. And one of the things I was talking to a friend this morning about so many of the stories right now are just so evil. And it's hard to wrap my head around this sometimes and not just sometimes, most of the time. And I was telling her, you know, I I have to go to the Bible and read God's word and what it says about evil people and people who are deceived in second Thessalonians chapter two, verses 10 through 12 it says, and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Man, aren't we seeing that on such a large scale right now in our society. And it just, it's heartbreaking and it's comforting in a strange sort of way that none of this surprises God. He already knew the beginning from the end and he knew that our society was going to go down this road. I believe, I believe that abortion and killing of innocent children, abusing children, crimes against children is probably one of the most grievous things that humans do in God's eyes. You know, we read in Psalm 139, I'm just going to go ahead and read this for you. This is Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And that is so powerful. And as a, as a mom, as a person, I just think this is such a, such a powerful scripture. When we think about, we have a creator that loves us so much. There's billions of people on the earth and he loves each of us so intimately and he created each of us so uniquely. And if you have ever had, if you're a woman and you've ever had a a miscarriage, when I was uh, pregnant with my third child at about 12 weeks, I had what they call a missed miscarriage and it's it's very common but what happens with a missed miscarriage is your body basically just keeps acting like it's pregnant the the baby dies but your body is still producing all of the hormones and you still feel pregnant and the way that they they learn this is they do an ultrasound and the baby has no heartbeat and so this is what happened to me with my third pregnancy and they have to um 
if you don't abort the baby, if your body doesn't abort the baby on its own, then they have to do um, a DNC where they go in and, and um, take the, the baby out um, because your body hasn't done it naturally on its own um, within a certain time period. And this is really common. A lot of women go through this. When I went through it, it was so painful for me. And, you know, this was back in 2005 and I wasn't yet a Christian, but in my heart, I was so grieved because I, I, you know, I already had two children. So I'd been through two pregnancies and I knew how precious life was. And I knew how amazing my children were and how unique and important and special they were. And so, you know, when you get pregnant, you start dreaming about this child and what are you going to name it? And what's it going to look like? And is it going to be a boy or is it going to be a girl? I believe that those are feelings that God has innately given to us as, as moms. And, you know, I don't know if dads have those feelings, um, <laughs> but as moms, when you are, when you're pregnant and carrying a life, we have those feelings of, of hope for what this future person is going to be. And it is, it can be very devastating to cope with losing that, that little person that only you knew, and you knew that little person so intimately. I believe that all of these babies, you know, whether they are, you know, lost due to miscarriage or if they are killed by abortion, I believe that they are, you know, I have this picture of them in my mind of them, you know, running around in heaven and just the Lord being so joy filled with the presence of these little beings. But I don't think that it is without great grief that the Lord sees what we are doing to these most innocent lives. And we look around our country today and we see not just California, not just Washington, D.C. I'm here in Washington and here in Washington, our governor signed into law the Affirm Washington Abortion Access Law. Basically, what this new law does is it removes um, the ability to for lawsuits, and it allows uh, a variety, a wider variety of providers to perform abortions, and it also changes the language from pregnant women to pregnant individuals because we need the language to be more inclusive. And that was just signed into law last month, like I said, and this is in response to an abortion law in Idaho that I don't, I don't recall the specifics, but it basically bans late-term abortion. I forget after what week, if it's after week 12, I'm not sure what that is, but this was partially in response to that bill in Idaho. Um, so basically it would allow people from Idaho to come into Washington and get, get those abortions and not be held liable or have any, you know, lawsuits or anything like that. So we're seeing these bills all over the country. Um, and it seems like every time you see a state like Texas with their heartbeat bill, you'll see another state, another blue state pop up with some kind of bill to to counter that. And especially with the Biden administration, we have a push for giving uh, reproductive rights to um citizens. That's a very, um, one of their biggest, uh, agenda items. And, you know, I read that to you in the California bill where they're calling it reproductive justice. 
um, go read that California bill because this issue of reproductive justice is huge. Um, another point in the in the bill says reproductive justice is the human right to control our bodies, sexuality, gender, work, and reproduction. So I think that we're going to start hearing more and more about reproductive justice. Anytime the left can use the word justice, whether it's social justice or gender justice or reproductive justice or whatever justice um, it is, they will use that to their advantage. So I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that as we go forward. And part of what I want to do with this podcast is I want to uh, leave you with some encouraging encouragement and some hope. And I know to me, this is one of the toughest subjects that there is because it is so grievous and we're seeing it just happening on such a grand scale. But, you know, people's eyes are being opened. And I think have to think that even people who are pro-choice are going to have a problem with where this is going, being able to murder babies after they are born. So I'm hoping that, you know, the left has once again, like pushed the line a little too far and people who maybe were in the camp of pro-choice are going to say, you know what, that's a little bit too far. So that's kind of my hope with this. Like I said, in, in episode one, light always wins. And it's not even a fair fight. And the Lord has already told us that he has a victory. And so for me, there's comfort in knowing that these babies are up in heaven with Jesus and they have, they are perfect in every way. And that is what gives me comfort. But I also want to encourage you to speak out about this. I know when I made the switch from being pro-choice to pro-life <laughs> on social media, I got a lot of you know pushbacks from my friends who were pro-choice and didn't understand why I was pro-life. And it's okay. They don't have to understand, but you have a right to your views and you have a right to share information. And it's important that we use our voice. These babies don't have a voice. They don't have the ability to speak for themselves. They never got that opportunity. And if we don't use our voice, if we don't speak up, this is going to continue. This evil is going to continue. And so we have an opportunity right now to make the choice to be brave, to have courage and to use our voice. And so I hope that as you listen to, to these podcasts, that you will be empowered to use your voice and share truth at, in love with your community. So thank you for joining me. I know this was a difficult topic for today, and I will be back on Monday with another hot topic. 